The Pelicans season is officially over after a 123-118 loss to the Thunder, and the way they went out shows a failure at three different levels. The players, the coaches, the front office. Let's break it down and tell you what's coming in the offseason on today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, the end of the Pelicans season, officially losing to the Thunder in the first first round than the 9-10 game of the play-in tournament and this shows a failure at three different levels for the Pelicans the players the coaches the front office we're going to break down all three of those in the first three segments the only three segments of today's episode of Locked on Pelicans today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by eBay Motors a championship a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit Oh boy. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. You probably can tell that I'm a little bit tired. It is 1234 when I'm recording the show after the game. And look, we're not slowing down here on Locked on Pelicans. We're going to still be five days a week through the draft, through free agency, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about because this season was a disappointment. And by the way, for my everydayers who listen to the show five days a week, that's what we're going to be talking about on tomorrow's podcast. Was this season a disappointment? It, it was. Why was it a disappointment? What do they need to do going forward? So, of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Comment down below what you thought about this Pelicans loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So let's get into this. Failure at all three levels. Players, coaches, front office. Players. I hate to pick on a guy like this because this is kind of mean given some of the comments he had after the game. And let's look at CJ McCollum first and foremost. In an elimination game, a game seven, win or go home, a game with the highest stakes that you can possibly have. CJ McCollum shot five of 15 for 14 points. No turnovers. That's good. One of five from three, four assists, two rebounds, couple of steals and a block. That's not going to get it done. And it's a big reason. And his style of play and the decision-making is a big reason why the Pelicans lost this game. And I said, maybe this isn't fair, because after the game, C.J. McCollum said he probably need, or that he's going to get surgery on his right thumb this week. Get that handled. But he also needs to get his shoulder looked at after playing with a shoulder injury throughout the past couple of games. He's been banged up. He's been banged up in a, in a season where the Pelicans have struggled with guys playing through injury there is something admirable, and I want to get this out there first, that C.J. McCollum played through injury and did his best. 
did his best. There is no doubt about that, that he was doing everything he could in terms of his play and shot making and all of that for the team this year. Brandon Ingram missed 29 games. Zion Williamson played under half the season, played just 29 games himself. You're you're not going to win very many games when that is the case. And CJ McCollum led the Pelicans in minutes this season by a good bit, by over 200 minutes. He did everything he could. But in a must-win game, you have to be better than 5 of 15. It's honestly that simple. And in the fourth quarter, in a game where every shot is going to matter at that point, to have a possession late in the game where he has the ball and Brandon Ingram has, I don't want to say been cooking because he wasn't, but Brandon Ingram is the best player out there on the court for the Pelicans in this one, certainly, right? You have to do better than not getting him the ball at all and not looking for him. He had 30 points on 19 shots. He was 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Six rebounds, seven assists. It was a pretty good Brandon Ingram game. So to have a possession where you don't get him the ball late in the fourth quarter, honestly, is a failure. And that is a big problem that the Pelicans had. So to have CJ miss a shot with around 40 seconds left and not even look to get B.I. a touch during that stretch, it speaks to a lot of what we've seen this season. We're going to talk about it in tomorrow's show. Why exactly was this season a disappointment? This team wasn't going to make noise in the playoffs. They were never going to get out of the first round with the way they are right now with no Zion Williamson. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about with Zion Williamson this offseason. You're sick of hearing about him. I am sorry. We're going to have multiple shows on this. I spent literally yesterday almost entirely on the phone before I went to the arena at 5 talking to people about that Skip Bayless comment. You're hearing the pause, and I don't even mean that for dramatic effect. We got to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know how off Skip was. He might have been dead on when it came to that. Anyway, to not get the ball to Brandon Ingram during that stretch just speaks to an issue with this team of players not really getting what they're best at, not understanding their role. CJ works better off ball. We know this. I'll tell you right now, the coaches know this. They've tried to get that through to him. They've tried to drill that into him. I get you're playing with a a torn ligament in your hand. You're going to need surgery on that. You maybe need surgery on your shoulder as well. And again, you played more minutes and you toughed it out more so than any other player on this team. Know your role. Know your role. And in that final possession where you could have tied it, where you could have made this a game, you don't get the best player in the court the ball because you want to play hero ball because you want to be a point guard. No, no. We've seen that he's better off ball. And for him to just go, I'm going to do this in the most crucial possession of the season. It's disappointing. It's, it it sums it up, right? You're listening. You've probably watched most of the games this season, or you're just coming in for the first time to locked on Pelicans, which case, thank you. Trying to kind of make sense of what happened. He shouldn't have taken that shot. He shouldn't have had the ball in his hand as much as he did. 5 of 15 isn't going to get it done in a game like this. And that's a big part of the problem. And so when I say it's on the players, it's on the players not playing. 
it's on the players not just getting what they really need to be doing. In the fourth quarter, Trey Murphy took one shot. He played the entirety of the quarter. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Right? That's a guy that needs to be getting the ball in his hands. He took 10 three-pointers. I'm thrilled about that. They used him better. But man, you got to do more than that. It can't be the way that it was. And it was players just trying to do too much, I guess. And that was so disappointing. Josh Richardson took more shots in the fourth quarter than Trey Murphy did. Najee Marshall took more shots in the fourth quarter than Trey Murphy did. Herb Jones, and I don't mind that as much, took more shots in the fourth quarter than Trey Murphy did. CJ, in a crucial possession of a game to keep the season alive, took the shot, and he shouldn't have. Simple, simple as that. Doesn't mean they need to trade him. Doesn't mean we're calling his season a bad season, because it wasn't, and we'll talk about that. Trust me, we're going to have a whole show on him He averaged 21 points per game on 39% shooting from three. We are are happy about that and almost six assists per. We are happy with those numbers. But in this game, know who you're going to get the ball to. It was a failure. And that was the theme of this night, in my opinion. So let's look at where the coaching staff failed, too. And then in the next segment after that, we'll look at the front office, too. Failure all around, and the Pelican season is over. Coaching staff coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode, I love this, is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. I work on all my cars. I have a 1976 red Corvette that I am working on getting driver perfect soon. It's probably this weekend, actually, because I just ordered a couple of parts from eBay Motors, and I know that when I go and work on the car, it's not going to be a waste of time. I can put those brake lines in no problem because the green check mark said it's going to fit my vehicle because I put it into my garage, and they know what needs to go in there. So just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And look... We're not dropping shows. There's going to be people. There's going to be podcasters. There's going to be commentators. There's going to be content creators that now that it's in the offseason are going to kind of back off and not do a whole lot. We're five days a week. You want to know who they're going to draft? We're going to talk about it. What changes need to be made? We're going to talk about it. What the heck is going on with Zion? Oh boy, we are going to talk about it. And I'll tell you something that I think is the ultimate compliment of Locked On Pelicans. I had people from the coaching staff, the front office, and just others associated with the team at this game come up to me and say they listened to the show this week. It was being passed around, it sounds like. And they said, you were dead on on a lot of the things you said. Ultimate compliment when people from the team and the the highest level are saying that about my show. They listen. You should be listening to and your friend should be listening. 
So tell them to subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. We're still going to be here Monday through Friday like no one else is completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. So right now, we are breaking down the Pelicans' loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 123-118. We said it's a failure at three levels. The players, really, and this is a little bit unfair to CJ, but really starting with CJ McCollum. But what else? Where else were their failures? Because there were a lot. The coaching staff is certainly one of them. This one's a little bit harder. I want to give Willie Green a lot of credit. This team had a winning record. You got Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram for 41% of the games. To have a winning record, it's pretty good. Like, I'm not going to lie. To go what they did, to go 42 and 40 with only having your best players play that few games, that is a credit to Willie Green and the coaching staff. So before you say fire them, bring back Stan Van Gundy, and no, that's a terrible idea. Get that out of your head. They aren't going anywhere. They shouldn't go anywhere because I actually do think you've seen a lot of really great things from this coaching staff. That said, there were some questionable decisions here. It's funny. I was talking to Kendall Duncan of WDSU before the game, and she was saying, hey, you know, what do you think the rotation is going to be? They ran eight people against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I was like, well, I didn't hate that they ran eight players there. That game was essentially a playoff game. You got to run with the guys that you trust. The people that you know can get out there and get it done. So it's not like you could play Kyra or Jackson Hayes, who haven't played in a month. And guess what happened? You got to line up with both of them. You had two guys who haven't played in a month play significant minutes in an elimination game. Credit to Willie Green for doing something different. Your eight-man rotation, and there was no Larry Nance Jr. in this game, so it meant that you were going to get Jackson Hayes minutes. He was going to take those minutes. They weren't going to play Billy Hernan Gomez, and they shouldn't have played Billy Hernan Gomez in this. But to run a lineup with two players that haven't played in a month or, or longer than that is questionable at best in game 83. Is this the time to experiment? It could be. It could be. Given that some of the things you've done before, and I want to give Willie Green credit on this, haven't worked. So try something different. We've been begging for the team to do that at a number of points this off uh, during this season. I don't know if it's game 83 in the play-in tournament when you need to win or your season is done. And in the Kyra Lewis Jr. minutes, and this is not really a shot at Kyra Lewis Jr. He played four minutes and 39 seconds. He was a minus nine in those minutes. Didn't score a point. Grabbed you one rebound. Missed the two shots he took. Minus nine. That's probably not the time to use him. Jackson Hayes in those first half minutes were good. We're good. He had nine rebounds in this game. That's kind of what you need him to do. Fill the Larry Nance Jr. role, get some rebounds, give you a couple points, and just try and hold it down at that position. And Jackson Hayes had his best game of the season against the Oklahoma City Thunder, so maybe he could replicate that a little bit. Second half minutes of Jackson Hayes, bad. Very bad. Very, very, very bad. 
This is going to tie into what I want to talk about in the next segment, which is more about the front office and, well, roster construction. Willie Green going to those guys seems just, we're doing this in game 83. We're going to test some lineups. We're going to experiment right now in a must-win game. I was fine with the eight-man rotation because at least he trusts those guys. And look, the team had a winning record, and they were a big part of that. I get that Larry Nance Jr. being out means someone else has got to get minutes. It probably wasn't the time to run two of those guys together, right? I think we can look at that and say, yeah, that was a bad idea. Again, credit for trying something different. I just don't know if that's actually when you want to do it in game 83. They played Jonas, I thought, as much as they reasonably could. 16 points, 18 rebounds for him. He played 30 minutes. But man, if you're going to grind that dude in the ground, grind him into the ground in this game. And it seemed like at times it's like, let's go with Jackson Hayes. Man, you can play, you can play Jonas 36. Would an additional six minutes kill him? And would it how much would it have helped the team? We don't know because it didn't end up happening. This is one of those things where it was just Willie Green doing things and you kind of question it. And it's funny, I was talking to Ollie Cassell of the Bird Rights before the, sh- uh, before the game started. And one thing you've heard me say is, I couldn't run an NBA team. I couldn't coach an NBA team. You know, I, I do this show. I think I'm pretty knowledgeable about the NBA. I understand the X's and O's. I understand, I think, all of this stuff. And we talk about it, hopefully accurately here. The show's going to go long uh, as I'm looking at the time. You know, but Willie Green knows more than I do. So do the assistant coaches. So does the David Griffin. So... I can't come on here and credibly say, like, I know more than them and that I should tell them what to do. I, I, I shouldn't. I should make sense of what we've seen as kind of what I think my role is and then use kind of jumping off points for discussion. So I say that, right? I don't want to be one of these people who's on Twitter being like, here's what they should do, blah, blah, blah. It, no. And, but I tell Ollie... <laughs> I told this to the people in my section during the game too. There's times when I look at what Willie Green is doing and I go, am I smarter than him? And I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not. But some of the things are so, have been so questionable this season that it makes me think that I am. And I'm not. But am I? You get the point right? That we've seen so many questionable decisions over and over and over again. And Will Guillory ran a piece in The Athletic about this, talking about how Willie Green had to like really look at himself in the mirror and try and kind of really spend some time being introspective, being like, what do I do here? There needs to be more of that this offseason. Some of those lineups, some of the things that we've just seen don't work. And then, man, changing that in game 83, you were three and one against this um, Thunder team and you change things in the fifth game and the Pelican season is over. You decide. Let me know down below in the comments on YouTube. Was that the, the right decision, the wrong decision? Do you applaud Willie Green for at least making some changes or was it like, what? what are we doing? But there was another failure too. There's another failure too, and that's on the front office. This was a failure all around. We're not going to cut anyone slack in today's show. Front office time coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on 
Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays are back. And oh, by the way, it's the NBA postseason. So there's no better place to get in on all of the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win the Pelicans did not cover the five and a half point spread you could have taken that or taken the plus five and a half for the Oklahoma City Thunder Brandon Ingram to score more than 27 and a half points you could have taken that one too so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball the NBA and of course the official Sports betting partner of Locked On. Their app is awesome. Just download it. Go look at it. It's super easy to use. You're going to love it. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. It's almost one in the morning. We're still recording a show about this. And we're not going to stop. I look tired. I know I look tired. And we have so much to talk about this offseason. And I am so excited to talk about it with y'all because your passion is why I do this show. I don't do this show for you. I do this show because of you. There's a huge difference between those. So whether you are a new listener that just started tuning in during the stretch run of this season, thanks for being here. If you've been with me for the six plus years that I've been hosting this show, I basically, I love you. And if you're someone who's an everydayer and you listen to five days a week, like, thank you so much. I mean that. You're the reason this show exists. You're the reason this show is the most popular Pelicans podcast, the most listened to Pelicans podcast, and we're not going to stop anytime. And that's why you're going to get all of the off-season content that you want. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. And if you really want to support the channel, the number one thing you can do is comment down below on YouTube. And today on Lockdown Pelicans... We are talking about the Pels' 123-118 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, the season-ending loss for the New Orleans Pelicans. Tomorrow, we're going to look at the Pelicans' kind of season overall. Disappointment, not a disappointment. We'll break it all down. We're going to have to talk about Zion. We're going to have to talk about Zion probably a bunch next week and kind of look at where this team goes from here. There's a lot to come. We'll get to the draft prospects kind of once this team has figured out, it's basically after the lottery where we know their pick will be. We'll start breaking down draft prospects. Then we're going to get right into free agency. They got some money to spend. Who are they going to sign? Who should they sign? And are there trade targets out there? We got a lot to cover. I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. But today, let's talk about the three failures that we've seen from this team. We talked about the players. We just talked about the coaching staff, but what about the front office too? You had an elimination game, an elimination game where do or die, win or go home, season's over if you lose, and your big you know trade deadline acquisition, Josh Richardson played 17 minutes. Now, he actually had nine points in those 17 minutes and was a plus four, which is the best, second best on the team. But if that's what your biggest off, your biggest, I keep saying offseason, if your biggest in-season acquisition is doing, is that good? And the answer to that is probably no. This team 
With the injury to Zion Williamson, when the trade deadline came, he was still injured. And I think they hoped he would play. And if he didn't have that setback, you know, in the middle of February with the hamstring, he might have been back by now. And it kind of changes the way we talk about this, but we got to be a little bit results-oriented here. They didn't shore up positions of need. They didn't shore up more shooting. This team was 9 of 28 from 3. Trey Murphy the third was the only guy who had multiple threes made in this game. Only guy who had more than one three made. They needed another backup big man. Third center, fourth power forward, whatever you want it to be. They needed another big man. So that if Larry Nance Jr., who had kind of been slowly wearing down all season and didn't play in this game... You need, you need something more than Jackson Hayes. They didn't have that. And this team, when that, you know, in the biggest game of the season, was not prepared. More shooting, other needs on this roster, and you don't really address them. I'll, I'll tell you right now, and I've said this on the show before, they tried to make a move for Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt from the Utah Jazz. The Lakers' offer was just better because it got... Mike Conley Jr. out of Utah sent him to Minnesota where he was almost the hero. But could the Pelicans have gotten that deal done if they offered an additional first-round pick? Maybe. I'm not saying they could have. I don't really know what Utah would have wanted. Maybe. But I heard what their offer was. And it was basically the Lakers' offer with one first-round pick minus not getting them off of Mike Conley so you're not going to win that bidding war. Could you have done more? Could you have done more rather than moving for Josh Richardson, who was better than I thought he would be for the Pelicans, but at the same time was still a preemptive salary dump? And the answer is probably yes. So to not have some of those reinforcements while your team was injured at the trade deadline leads you to this. This is a question, and it will be an entire show that we do this offseason. Can you rely on Zion Williamson? Can you rely on Brandon Ingram to be healthy? And if you can't, do you need your... Build your roster with that in mind. The Pelicans at the trade deadline didn't seem to think so. Good, bad, you know, I looks bad right now. I'm not sure if that's the actual answer, but looks bad right now. And they're out and they're done and the season's over and it's officially the off season. So kind of there you go, right? Kind of how it goes. There were failures at multiple levels. All of those picks that you have are great, but if you don't cash them in and use them for the right thing, well, your season ends with the first number 10 seed beating a 9 seed. That's the first time it's happened. The number 9 seed has won every one of these games before. No, it hasn't been all that long, so it's not like the biggest sample size. It's what, like two, three years? But it happened. Could have been avoided. Certainly could have been avoided. The Pelicans could have won this game if the coaching had been a little bit better, if the players had been a little bit better, or if they had more depth. And it's why in tomorrow's show, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you this Pelican season was a disappointment. There's points where it's not a disappointment. This is not just a simple, like, we we stamp it. Disappointment or not. Yes or no. It's not as simple as that. But yeah, it is a disappointment with a couple of things that were positives for the team. 
And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. And that's going to do it for the final regular season podcast of the season. And as I said before, like, thank you. Just thank you. I truly mean that. This show doesn't exist without you. The show is not, it's for you, but like, I do it more because of you. There's a difference between those two things. And I hope you understand that. And we ain't slowing down anytime soon. We got more content coming. So please subscribe. Please tell your friends about the show. All y'all who said hi at the arena in this game, man, it means so much. Keeps me going even when it's after 1 a.m. now and I'm exhausted. And we're still going to have a show tomorrow. I'm going to get like no sleep, going to wake up. I got to go do some personal things. And then we're recording a show for you. We're going to break down everything you want to know. We'll do a couple live shows as well. It's going to be a big, fun off-season here. Pivotal off-season for the Pelicans. They got to get this one right. Man, we're going to put some pressure on the organization, on the players, all of that. So as always, thank you for listening. And I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be be back with you all tomorrow.